0: And welcome in to the 1010XL.com podcast network, Gator Bites, another edition of Gator Bites here on 1010XL.com, talking about the Florida Gators and all the athletic events going on at the University of Florida. The hacker, Ryan Green, with you, joined again this week by Denny Thompson. We'll be here with you every week on 1010XL.com. And Denny, there is a lot going on, man, from basketball to football recruiting, a lot of recruiting news, to some former players of the University of Florida that are playing in the Super Bowl this
1: week up in Atlanta. Yeah, it's hard to believe re- uh, signing day's what? Eight days away? Yeah, February 6th, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I love signing day. I wish they didn't have early signing day. I really don't like early signing, which I got into uh, with Lauren last week while you were at the Senior Bowl. I wish they would completely do away with it um, or make it much, much earlier. But I'm, I absolutely love the February signing day. It's just, it's just a cool thing.
0: I've always loved February's signing period. It's like a Super Bowl for those of us that cover recruiting. Now, it's been vastly, vastly diminished by the early signing period. But you talk about you don't like the early signing period. I'll tell you what I don't like about it. This is a University of Florida issue, and it's really an issue for a lot of top programs around the country. You got Coach Sinceri, Coach Warren that just leave the University of Florida after the December signing period. And maybe some of those kids, who knows, signed because of South Sinceri, or because of Charlton Warren, those guys end up leaving, Sinceri going to Alabama, Warren, of course, going to Georgia, and now where are these kids left? What are they left to do after signing that letter of intent? I think that's going to need to be looked at and looked at pretty quickly around college if that December signing period is going to continue. Yeah,
1: I think it will be. I think it will be. I think what's happening at USC right now um, is going to kind of push that to the forefront, uh, I, I do think it will be looked at. I, I mean, obviously the easiest way to fix it is is do away with it. Do away with early signing and make there there has to be a window for coaches moving. Um, just like there's a window to sign. There has to be a window. and unless there is some weird circumstance that that causes a staff to be redone in March or April, you should be okay. Like but everything should be done by February. It's not that hard.
0: Well, there's a lot of things that are done for this Gator recruiting class in 2019. Dan Mullen putting together what may be a top 10 class when all is said and done. Now, they have 20 guys that have already either signed or enrolled. I believe half of those 20 are already enrolled at the University of Florida. The other half will come in uh, later on this summer. So, about 75, 80, maybe even 85% of the work, Denny, for this Gator recruiting class, the hay is in the barn, as the recruiting saying goes. There are a couple of final touches that Florida would like to add to their 2019 class. There's really four guys to me that Florida's waiting on. Mark Anthony Richards from the South Florida area. You got Kyir Elam from the South Florida area. You got Charles Moore from the state of Mississippi. Charles Moore's a guy that was actually committed to Mississippi State, decommitted, and now we'll ultimately see what happens on signing day. And then Chris Bogle, the defensive end from Fort Lauderdale, an Alabama commitment. But after Alabama's defensive coordinator weaves to go to the NFL, he is reexamining things. And at least Florida got a visit from Chris Bogle this last week. Let's kind of take these one by one. We'll start. Mark Anthony Richards, the four-star from South Florida. I think Miami's all in on him. I think Auburn is really making a hard push. I would be surprised if Mark Anthony Richards ends up in a Gator uniform.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think they may go two for four on these four, which is good. Which which is really good, actually. If they
0: go two for four, that's a home run for Dan Mullen.
1: It is. But I don't think Richards is one of them. Um, And we'll get into Bogle, but I don't think he's one of them. Um, Richards would be a nice get. I mean, a heck of an athlete, highly rated. Um, Got to love getting guys from South Florida for multiple reasons. But the main reason is the speed doesn't shock them. And and really, anywhere in Florida. Um, The speed of the game doesn't shock them. A lot of times those guys can roll right in and contribute right away. But I'm not real sure that this Florida team needs immediate contributions the way that we thought they all did a year ago. So, I don't think Richards is a make-or-break guy.
0: You mentioned Chris Bogle. Now, Chris Bogle committed to Alabama in San Antonio at the Army All-American game. And uh, that was pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered. You thought it was a done deal at that point. Well, Alabama's defensive coordinator, Tosh Lapoy, decides to go to the Cleveland Browns. And then Bogle sent out on Twitter that he's going to reexamine some things. Still committed to Alabama. But he said he's going to re-examine some things. Florida got a visit from Chris Bogle last week. Now, it might not mean a hill of beans at the end of the day, and I think most people still believe Bogle, again, from Fort Lauderdale, the four-star D lineman, is going to go to Alabama. But, Denny, the fact that Florida at least got him to Gainesville for a visit is something they probably were not expecting a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't think he's going to Florida, but I don't think he's going to Alabama. I, th- really? I think this is one that Miami's all in on.
0: Okay. I think this is one
1: that they're putting everything they have to in. Um, listen, Miami with the new coaching staff, kind of the new – I mean, they're, what are they, 33rd, 34th, something like that in a lot of the rankings? Yeah, and
0: I don't blame I – mean, certainly that's not Manny Diaz's fault, but it has not been a good recruiting cycle for the Canes.
1: No, so I, th- I think they're picking a couple guys and they're going hard, and I think Chris Bogle is one of them, and it wouldn't shock me in the least if Chris Bogle doesn't sign – uh, with the Miami Hurricanes on signing day.
0: Now, Charles Moore's a kid from the state of Mississippi, a top 75 talent nationally. Again, another four-star defensive lineman. Decommitted from Mississippi State. All the thought was it was going to be a battle between Tennessee, Auburn, and Florida State. Well, lo and behold, Moore visits Gainesville a few weeks ago. Says the Gators basically knocked his socks off. He loved the visit. And says Florida is now going to be one of the hats mm-hmm. on his table come National Signing Day, and there's some people that will tell you that Florida may even be the favorite for more. Keep in mind, a kid from Mississippi obviously is very familiar with both Todd Grantham and Dan Mullen.
1: Yeah, this is one I think Florida gets. I think Florida gets. This is one of those weird years in Mississippi where there's a lot of talent there. And if you remember early on in the process, both Ole Miss and Mississippi State were very high in the rankings. And and, and James Coleman and I were saying then, it's like, don't, don't really buy into that because it's not that often that Mississippi has this many recruits. And then all of a sudden you get coaching changes at the two Mississippi schools. Um, Mullen is such a better recruiter than what I gave him credit for, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I think this is one that he wants, and, and I think this is one that, that – no inside information, but I think they may be tempering um, the enthusiasm for Charles Moore on both sides – And I think this will be one that he picks a Florida hat. I think it's Florida or Auburn. I think he picks a Florida hat on signing It'll be
0: huge for the Gators. Again, more a top 75 talent nationally. With Denny Thompson, the hacker, Ryan Green with you. Here on Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Maybe the most high-profile guy, Denny, is Kair Elam. Kair Elam is in the middle, uh, middle of a battle between Florida and Georgia. Now... Both universities have things going for them. On the Bulldog side, as you talked about last week, they just hire Coach Warren, Charlton Warren, away from the Gators. Elam and Warren have a very good relationship. They hire him away from Florida on the day Elam happens to be in Athens for his official visit. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure that one out, uh, what Georgia was trying to do there. On Florida's side, well, there's bloodlines for the Gator Nation with the Elam family, Matt Elam, Kair's uncle, played at the University of Florida about a decade or so ago so you got family on one side you got the relationship with an assistant coach on the other Kyrie Elam's a kid that I'm con- fairly convinced at this point is going to either be in Gainesville or Athens what is your opinion on that one all is said and done
1: I think it's Gainesville I think it's Gainesville for multiple reasons I think Florida made a very good hire right away um, that was able to get into Elam's ear. Dan Mullen's able to get into Elam's Elam's ear. He's always been a heavy Florida lean, and a lot of times when you see this, it's easy to recruit. I like Coach Warren. I like, and I talked about this last week, and I don't blame him for what he did at all. Not in any way, shape, or form. I don't blame Georgia. I don't. I don't blame Florida for letting it happen. Um, but it's easy to recruit against that if you're Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Warren's been in three schools in three different years. Three right. SEC East schools right. at that. So, if he's if he's telling you that this is a destination job, I'm sure he said that about Tennessee and Florida as well. It's pretty easy to recruit against an assistant coach that has moved three times in three years. Um, I, I, just, I think at the end of the day, Elam has been pro-Florida for so long at this point that it's the safer decision, it's a safer choice. The death chart is pretty good at Florida for him. Um, so, I, I think he ends up in Gainesville.
0: Now, you're all about, and we're talking about the 2019 Gator class. The Gators are all about moving ahead already, looking down the road to Killer. 2020 and even 2021, doing a very good job in 2020. We'll obviously have a ton of time to talk about that class, but there is a young man here in Jacksonville that, Denny, you're very familiar with. And that's, of course, Mandarin quarterback Carson Beck. He's been an Alabama commitment for a long time. Miami came in with an offer a few weeks ago. Florida State. Has come in with an offer now. Carson Beck was originally committed to Florida to play baseball before he committed to Alabama for football. And lo and behold, we find out the Gators are getting a visit from Carson Beck in the very near future. Uh, what can you tell us about the situation as it pertains to Carson and the University of Florida?
1: Well, a couple things. One, just so everybody knows, I work with Carson. I train Carson. I train quarterbacks uh, in my other job outside of Ten Ten. And so I'm really close with the situation, really close with Carson. I'll tell you this. Carson has 40 schools waiting on a decommitment from Alabama, and they're, they're, they're going to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, Carson's not really that interested in being heavily recruited. Um, he is going to Gainesville this weekend. In fact, I'm going to go with him. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to go with him down to Gainesville this weekend and he's he's been a Gator fan his whole life, and so it's one of those things where um, he he feels like he needs to to check it out. Like you said, he was a Florida Florida commit for baseball. Baseball is no longer a factor. He's not even playing baseball anymore, um, which is tells you how freak of an athlete he is. By the way, a lot of people were saying he could have been a draftable, high draftable baseball player. Um, I don't know what Carson's going to do when it long term. I I know that all of the coaching shakeups in Alabama is allowing for people to come in, not just with Carson, but with a lot of guys. Sure. The problem is, is those coaching shakeups all went different places. So you've got Brent Key at Georgia Tech, who's doing a phenomenal job of recruiting. Like phenomenal. That, that's the one to keep an eye out. It wouldn't shock me if 2020 they signed a top 10 class. Um, you got Enos down in Miami. And he's doing a phenomenal job of going back around. The only one, really, that's not touching all those guys is the Maryland – Is uh, what's his name at Maryland? Loxley. Loxley. Yeah. And I think that's more program-related. It's not a southern school. But I think Florida's got a good chance at Carson. Um, as good as anybody else not named Alabama. I'll mm-hmm. put it that way. Alabama's Alabama. And, and Alabama wants Carson badly. So – it's just a matter of, you know, where he feels most comfortable with. Now here's one other thing I can tell you guys about Florida. Is this Anthony Richardson guy that they've recruited that that's committed, they love. And he's currently the one
0: quarterback for the twenty twenty class that's committed to Florida.
1: And they legitimately, and they've been open and honest about this, they really like the kid. They think the kid is special. They think the kid is 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 somebody that if if that's their only person that they sign in that class, they're okay with that. And they're not really actively recruiting multiple quarterbacks for 2020. But if you can get Anthony Richardson and Carson Beck, you know what you do? You you recruit two. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the way that the landscape is with quarterbacks, you're going to have transfers, you're going to have grad transfers. You, I think you're going to see pretty soon where everybody's recruiting two quarterbacks and just counting on one of them transferring. I think that's just kind of where it's going. But if the Gators were able to land both of those – it, it would be a haul for the 2020 class um, at one position.
0: We will certainly see but Carson Beck will be visiting Gainesville. Real quick, before we move on to a little basketball and finally a little Super Bowl talk, on an official visit like this or on a visit to Florida like this, what can Carson expect when he goes down there? Is just meeting the coaches, touring the facilities, yeah, it's that a,
1: sort of thing? Yeah, it's an unofficial and, and really – there's a couple different things that guys go on unofficials for. What Carson's going for specifically is relationship development. Mm-hmm. Is wh- where do I fit? You know, how does he's already been there a couple times, right? He went to camp there. Um, he he being committed for baseball. He's seen all the facilities, all that kind of stuff. It's really more of a relationship type of thing. How do I feel around this? You know, what's what's the offense look like? How do you see you, how do you see me fitting into the offense? That type of stuff. That's all this is about.
0: It is GatorBytes, 1010XL.com, the podcast network with Denny Thompson, the hacker Ryan Green with you. The Super Bowl in Atlanta, Georgia, a little bit of a Gator flavor. Not a lot of guys, but there are some key components. Uh, Number one being Dante Fowler. Of course, Jaguar fans uh, did not necessarily like what Dante Fowler had to say regarding the Jaguars earlier this week at Super Bowl Media Day. But Denny, here's a guy in Dante Fowler that was a heck of a player at the University of Florida. Things do not work out for him in Jacksonville. Injury-related, poor performance-related. He gets traded to L.A., and he's been a factor for the Rams. In fact, the interception Drew Brees threw in overtime of the NFC Championship game, the reason the ball was tipped in the air was Dante Fowler making a play in that game. And I expect Dante Fowler, if the Rams are going to win, if they have any chance of winning, Fowler's going to have to have a big game against Tom Brady Remember, Fowler sacked Brady twice in the AFC championship game last year. So maybe as bitter as Jaguar fans are about Dante Fowler, this is a Gator podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think Gator fans still very, very warm towards Dante and are hoping he performs well on Sunday. This is
1: the perfect like perfect situation for Dante too, right? You got ton of inside pressure, so one on one matchup on the outside with a quarterback who's stationary. That is exactly why you draft a guy like Dante Fowler. He's he's a straight-line freak of an athlete guy. And and even in Jacksonville it wasn't like anybody had a problem with his on-field performance during the play. It was after the play and it was off the field and stuff like that. But personal every, Fowler has personal foul yeah, personal it, fouls, yeah. you know, punching old guys you know, <laughs> get out of the car and hitting old guys, stuff like that.
0: Refereeing fights on uh, on TMZ dot com. Yeah,
1: just weird stuff like that. But if there ever was a stage for Dante to have a big game, it's it's this one. And uh, look, he's talented, and and people said that around the Jaguar organization the whole time he was here. Was, he used, learns to lose his ha- use his hands, and he's he's golden. But high motor guy, he's going to be fired up, and I expect him to have a good game.
0: Now Dante Fowler is a guy that a lot of was expected out of coming out of the University of Florida. Trent Brown is a man, former Gator offensive tackle, that maybe he didn't expect a whole lot out of. I thought he was an average college offensive tackle, nothing special. He's made a nice little career for himself to the point where Trent Brown is now going to be starting in Super Bowl 53 it's, for the Patriots.
1: It's crazy when you think about how anemic those offenses were, that multiple offensive linemen have, have played in the NFL. And or, flourished. Or, yeah. It, it's it's It really is crazy to think about, but – but good for Trent Brown. I mean, he's there's such a difference, too, in, in offensive line play in the NFL and in college hack. It's, it's almost like two different positions, and especially with the spread, um, making its way into the NFL now, RPO game, all that kind of stuff. Quick hips, quick feet, explosive, long arms, and you got something. And as you learn to keep guys' hands off of you, I mean, it's one of those things that the older you get – Probably the better you get at offensive line play.
0: And odds are Dante Fowler will see an awful lot of Trent Brown. As Trent Brown, of course, the starting left tackle for the New England Patriots. Finally, uh, Dominic Easley will not play on IR for the Rams. Duke Dawson will not play on IR for the Patriots. But they will get a ring. One of them will get Mm -hmm. a ring on Sunday. And then J.C. Jackson's the fifth Florida Gator. Interesting, J.C. Jackson, you know, he's contributing for the Patriots. No question about it. But... Things were looking great for him at the University of Florida originally. Things obviously did not end so well as he uh, had to leave the University of Florida, bounced around junior college for a little bit. But once a gator, always a gator is the motto of some. Look at Janoris Jenkins as a prime example of that. Did we say that about Cam? Well, Well,. Hey, you know what? Probably You probably should, but it probably isn't, isn't <laughs> referred to as that. Again, Cam Newton backing up Tim Tebow at Florida. But anyway, J.C. Jackson, who did play defensive back for the Gators, is making a contribution for the
1: Patriots. Do you remember hearing about J.C. Jackson at Florida and just how insanely talented he was? The, the practice plays phenom. And he, yep. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, everybody said he was as good as anything they'd ever seen that came through Florida. It's good to see a guy get on the right direction, have some success. And, you know, good for him. I hope he has a long career, productive career, stays out of trouble, and, and wins a wins a ring or two.
0: We'll finish up with Gator Hoops, but real quick, who do you like in the game on Sunday?
1: I think Patriots destroy him.
0: Do you really? Yeah. The only thing that gives me pause, I think the Patriots win. Boy, you, the way to beat Brady, and, and there's it's hard to do, pass rush up the middle. Yep. If Donald and Michael Brockers and Ndamukong Sue can get a pass rush up the middle for a guy like Fowler to be able to make plays uh, in the pocket, that's the only way the Rams have a shot. I agree. I think the Patriots are going to win. I just hope it is a competitive game. Of course, we had two ridiculously good championship games so you're, uh, a week and a half ago. You're talking
1: about the old Tom Coughlin theory of pass rush up the middle, no blitz, getting home with four. Yeah. Knocking That's Brady way to beat off the spot. It's the only way to beat him. You're, the only you're, way to beat him. You're, right. you're the, right.
0: The Rams, three players, Michael Brockers, Adama Sue, Aaron Donald, they have to play out of their minds for the Rams to have a shot. Finally, uh, Gator hoops, yuck! Yeah. Um, they're not going to the NCAA tournament. Denny, at this point, they better start winning some games or they're going to be a bubble team for the NIT. I mean, eleven and eight right now, three and three in the SEC. Just not a good year for Mike White and the Gators. And Saturday against TCU, that was as putrid an offensive performance, a shooting performance that I've seen from the University of Florida in quite some time.
1: Yeah, it's just not fun to watch. We we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's they give you a little glimmer of hope sometimes, and a lot of times in the exact same game even. They take it away. And it's just it's it's like you know what it reminds me of and, and Gator fans are going to hate me saying this, but it really reminds me of the Gators with Jim McElwain. It's like they would have a game that you would say Okay. All right. You like know, when we, they
0: beat Butler by thirty earlier this year. Right.
1: Right. And 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 like like if to to just use a comparison like when Florida beat Ole Miss mm-hmm. when McIlwain was there, you thought, okay, there's the offense, right? Okay, now we're going to get it going. And then you find yourself even through wins, you know, two wins later, going, God, this is just terrible. It, it, it seems a lot like the same thing. But to your point, I mean, you look at what they've got ahead of them. It, it's, I mean, they got Kentucky on Saturday. Um, Auburn right after that, Ole Miss tomorrow, Tennessee, who's what, back-to-back weeks ranked number one.
0: All four of those are going to be underdogs. They'll be underdogs, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee. You almost have to go three and one. If you even go two and two, that sits you at 13 and 10. That's just not going to work.
1: I think you can make the argument that if you really want to get in the NCAA tournament, and assuming that the rest of the year plays out the way the the first half of the year, so you win 60% of your games the rest of the way. You have to beat Kentucky and Tennessee. You have to have those on your resume.
0: And Tennessee, of course, is in Knoxville, and that's probably not going to happen. Final moments here at Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network with Denny Thompson, the hacker Ryan Green with you. Denny, you work with a lot of kids that are getting ready to go off to college in the football game, but you can translate it to another sport in basketball. Jalen Hudson's confidence is gone. It's just gone. Uh, Last year, Jalen Hudson, a very good player. I thought it was interesting. We had Graham Hall of uh, the Gainesville Sun on XL Primetime. His theory was when Jalen Hudson got the news from the NBA that you weren't basically going to be drafted. You weren't good enough to get drafted, go back to college for another year. Did that just completely obliterate his confidence? Because the Jalen Hudson we're seeing now is not the same person as the guy we saw last year.
1: Well, I hope – if that's the case, I, I hope he gets out of the funk because what that shows you is he's kind of quit on himself. Now, not on Florida, not on anybody else, but, I mean, there's two types of people. There's, there's the person that gets that news and says, okay, I'm not good enough, i got to get good enough, and lives in the gym and gets good enough to get drafted and have a professional career. And then there's the other guy who just says, well, that's been my dream and somebody just told me no and I'm mailing it in. And that's just, you know, you hope that for the young man's sake, not as a Gator fan – that that's not really the situation. That the situation's more of he's in a funk that he's trying to work himself out of it, and he's not sitting in his locker pouting. Um, and if that's the case, then there's still time this year to work yourself out of that, and then to make a run. Um, I mean, you start if you're Jalen Hudson though, and if you're a lot of these guys, you start to look at the way the NBA is constructed. I don't think anybody knows. Who's going to be good in the NBA unless you're Zion or you know you know what I mean? Because you right. look at a lot of these really good players, they did they didn't have these magical college careers, um, and then you look at somebody like Grayson Allen who who did, and he's struggling to to, to stay on the roster at Utah. I, it's it's a hard thing to figure out. I don't know that it really translates from college to the NBA as much as it used to.
0: Of course, you hear Denny every night on the Sports Den alongside James Coleman. What do you got coming up in the next couple of nights?
1: Man, a lot of Super Bowl stuff, a lot of quarterback talk with the draft. I did um, some draft profile capsules for 1010XL.com that will be coming out here in the next week or so, some video capsules that we walk through about six different quarterbacks. This quarterback class is interesting, so we'll we'll stay on that quite a bit on the sports day.
0: Very good. And, of course, you'll hear me on XL Primetime alongside Joe Cowart, Matt Hayes, and Leon Searcy noon to 3 on both 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Denny, it was fun. We'll do it again next week. Yes, sir. For Denny Thompson of the Sports Den, I'm the hacker Ryan Green. Thank you guys for listening to Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. We will reconvene in seven days and do it all over again. Until then, so long, everybody.